Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. All right, my man, welcome to the show. My uh, uncle Brian, uh, Brian Paris, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I'm very humbled to be sitting here uh, talking to you doing a podcast because this is the uh, this is the warrior's den this is where training has begun for myself and uh, uh, just to, to be my best self and I've passed a lot of that that info and that that wisdom on to you and uh, it, it's I'm very grateful that uh, that I'm being asked to, to speak mm-hmm yeah you're uh, so you're going on this you're going on this trip you've been talking about this trip to um, where where uh, is it again? I am going to Peru. Peru, yeah. You, you've been talking about this this shaman trip to <laughs> Peru yes. uh, for the past few months. And you've been reading and studying up on on shaman culture. Uh, and I, I just want to dive right into it. And I'm kind of curious about that. I mean, it, it seems very zen-like. And I mean, you're very zen-like, if that's the word for it. And, you know, a very peaceful guy. Um, you meditate a lot and um, yeah I just want to know about shaman culture and why why did you take it up I, I don't get it um, well first of all thank you for noticing me at peace because it took uh, mm. decades to um, at least arrive to this space and it's it's a it's a daily work to keep my inner space at, at peace so um, what do you mean by daily work Daily, well, I can go into routines, like the tactical approach, but I'll first talk about shamanism and why I connected with it. And uh, shamanism is like the indigenous medicine men and women of the of the Americas, so to speak. Um, they find them in cultures all over the world, just ways that people used for healing, not just physical ailments, but spiritual ailments. And the the concept is that the spiritual side is really what causes those physical ailments and diseases. You think? Yeah. And, um, well, that's is that the, that's, that's the basis that's, of the cult. The basis of that that concept. And right. So it just makes sense to me to be in harmony with the universe, with the earth, with the foods that I'm putting in my body, and it's you know for the first time ever I'm now exploring how a diet not only or, or a diet that helps your body grow puts you in the right space to evolve spiritually or to get more in touch with your consciousness or mm. your soul. And mm. and those are things that I'm looking to dive more into because everyone I communicate with, no matter how much they've been in pain physically, there is something emotionally underlying all of it. And I ignored that for a long time in Do my you, life. Yeah. So I didn't really know how mm. to how to deal with my own emotions until I realized that one, I'm not my thoughts, and I'm also not my emotions. And mm. there's, there's an observer behind that. So that's where my study is now directed into understanding who the observer is in the background, not who is the barking dog thinking these negative thoughts and these emotions that 
you get trapped in all these stories and hold on to that we all fall prey to. And yeah, what are these? Why? What are these stories? That uh, we all, I mean, we all tell ourselves a story, whether it's whether it's good or bad. We're kind of like obsessed with stories. You know, we're we're storytellers. Um, and I, I lately I've been thinking, you know. It's almost like we all we dramatize it. You know, everyone they say everyone's got a story, right? Um, we all do have a story, but I, you know, I think a lot of people use it for for bad. You know, they tell themselves a story as to why they can't do something. They, you know, they use it as an excuse. Is that is that kind of what you were hitting on there? Yeah, I, I mean, it's really things happen in life. People get hit by cars. Happenings. Win, win the lottery. Th- yeah. Stuff happens. It's the stories that we as humans add to that that makes it replay over and over from a positive and a negative perspective. So if you want to change your life or transform your life, you need to transform the story you're telling yourself about mm-hmm. those situations. How do you do so, that? Um, I, you just change your freaking story. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I tell people. <laughs> it, ain't, it, ain't, yeah. it ain't that easy because the other stuff is wired not just in, it's enculturated from the stories that our parents tell us to the stories that our culture tells us. Like, you should go um, to college, maybe go to graduate school, the worst get story. married, make money, and then Work retire for at 60 and go brain yeah. dead at 66. So that, <laughs> that story has changed for me because I don't want to live that life. Me neither. I want to you know, live a life of adventure and a life of excitement, a life of fulfillment. And it happens by just making a commitment to not listening to those old stories. But I had to yeah. go through a lot. Yeah, you've lived, to, you've lived a couple of different lives. I have. Yeah, you've lived the life, uh, you know, of you know, falling off a frat uh, balcony or, or yes. roof with, with Steve Jordan, my previous guest and great friend, our great friend. Yep. And then, you know, you were, you were married for a while and, and you have kids and now you're kind of, you're, you know, you're divorced and, you know, not that that's a bad thing. It's, no. you know, you're, you're out and exploring the world and you're going through a really interesting, very cool phase of your life that, that um, I've been watching right now. Oh, you're, um, you're observing. Things. Yeah, I, that's cool. I, I've good, been observing. Good. Well, I, told, I, know you're, I told Steve, he, he, I said, he's going through an interesting phase. You're like, <laughs> you're, I, you've become quite an observer. I see you um, looking back, watching what's going on and, you know, seeing how you experience it in your own life, which is pretty cool. Um, and watching you become who you are, it's been it's been awesome for me to watch that as well. So thanks. I'm glad you're watching. Uh, and, uh, silent observer. Yes. People... Yeah, People asking me, why, why didn't you say anything? <laughs> just, just watching. I'm just, I'm just observing. Yeah. So the, the, yes, going through several phases. But if I mm. could, if I could tie it back to shamanism and the ego, and oh. the ego and the, um, I, you know, the ego is designed to keep us in fear, to protect us, to survive, and I think a lot of it lies within the older areas of our brain, the the areas that didn't evolve until later in in humanity where we were able to get more creative with art and thinking and getting us into space and uh, just the concepts of the internet and that it exists um, and and travel and things and just amazing things. So now like the evolution that I've gone through, I've been through these phases where my ego ruled my life and I was very unhappy so I I turned to drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and then had a trauma 
I also fell into that same story. Ego ran your life when you were uh, my age, like 20, is that what you're saying? It ran my life, and it's still there And until yeah, recently, yeah. until the last couple of years. I think I started, I woke up at maybe, I don't know, my mid-30s. What do you mid, mean, woke up? I don't know. I, I opened my eyes to a different life to, is it? to realize that, wow, I'm living a life that yeah. I followed some kind of pattern or story that wasn't my own. I didn't create it. It was created for me. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I wasn't happy. I would, I would, I was, just, I wasn't happy. I would remember coming home from work on Fridays mm. and just being miserable, not wanting to be in that life. And you know, I thought I was supposed to. My story was, you know, go to school, go to graduate school, open a business, marry a Jewish girl, have kids. Uh, and you did and, that. And I did do that, and I did it well, and I did it fast, and I looked yeah. good at it. So, um, yeah. But then, but then all of a sudden, like it all caught up to me. I was like, wow, I'm fucking miserable. I don't like this. So. I had to make a change. You went with the default story, and then you then you started you started yep. to make your you know do your own story. Yes, so, sort of yeah, picked yep. a new story very very well. Well, and that's that's been the whole evolution. I even burnt out of my business, like my the way I was practicing um, in my practice, um, my chiropractic practice, and I continued to evolve that. So as I evolved my business life, I evolved my personal life in a different direction. So now. I look at it as a blended life, meaning like when I'm here at the beach on vacation, I'm getting my workouts in, I'm having fun, I'm enjoying time with my family, but then I'm going to pick up my emails and and, and do what I got to do and I, I, it yeah. doesn't bother me. It's like there are going to be certain times where I do have to completely shut down. Like when I go to Peru and I'm going to be in the 15,000 feet in the air, I'm going to be turning yeah. my, my brain off to that because I'm focusing on inner work when I go there. Right. Very, very healthy balance yes ultimate goal for sure yeah so for someone like me going to another topic here um who wants to get on the ted stage not just because i want attention but because i have something of value i you know i think i have a you know a message an idea worth sharing you know that's ted's whole idea mm -hmm. um so you've given a ted talk yes how did you get there how did you prepare for it uh were you i know you've given talks before were you what, what kind of nerves were you feeling? Um, did meditation, uh, was that ever part of your preparation beforehand, like maybe immediately beforehand? I just want to know, I want to know the whole process for selfish reasons because I want to, because I need to know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think, I mean, it's kind of the dream of many to give a TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah. In this, people who want to uh, share what they've experienced, yeah. It's in yeah. This, in this field, the growth-minded people like us, yes. The growth mindset, <coughs> university people, uh, <laughs> the, the GMU people will definitely uh, want to hear this. So, as I said, Long Beach Island, Holyoke specifically, is the Warriors training ground. I look at it as the spiritual warriors training ground because I have had to overcome living in a place where I grew up, like going out drinking and getting wasted and now take this in from a, a different perspective of, you know, this is a place where I can center for myself and do the work that I want to do, do the training that I want to do and be near the ocean and, and it's just peaceful for me that way. So. Uh, our neighbor, uh, turns out she was putting on, uh, our neighbor here on Holyoke, uh, Elizabeth Barry is a fantastic woman. Uh, just, mm -hmm. to, just, she's like, the, she's written a book on vulnerability. Oh really? And, I didn't, uh, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, she's awesome. No idea. So I've just become friends with her over the years and she had been watching me on Facebook and seeing the things I presented. I'd done a lot of, a lot of lectures. Lectures yeah. are very different than presenting. Mm. Mm -hmm. Lectures are like teacher teaching student. I'm the boss. I know everything. Here's my ivory tower. I'm standing on it. Listen to me. 
right? And that's yeah. how I learned how to present. Yet I had a creative flair always. I just didn't know how to get to it. And this kind of this cracked that open for me because part of presentation or presenting, excuse me, is entertaining and keeping the audience engaged for a ten minute period of time. So, yeah. Totally. So I got the I. Elizabeth said, "Hey, I've been watching you. I'm running TEDx in Hoboken." I was like, "No way, dude! No way! Um, can I? Can, I want you to pitch me." So I came up with the concept of yeah. of posture affecting using using shifts or transformations in your own posture to affect your emotions. Yeah. Now, yeah. fast forward to here. I, I think it's like five, six, seven years ago. I'd love to give that talk again because it would be completely different too. You think? Yeah. It, was it really? Was it five years ago? Yeah, something like that yeah. yeah five six years ago mm-hmm. it, it went fast so. and it'd be completely different um not completely different the postural stuff maybe at the end would be the same like here take this position but yeah. as far as what i've dove into is mm. in in the world of in the realm of getting in touch with your soul and your consciousness and really what emotions are and what they serve and the purpose that they are versus what your thoughts are and you know the fact that we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions um but understanding that it is part of being human, you can manipulate those and gain control. Those are the things you can control mm-hmm. in life. There's not much you can control except your reaction to things. Right. Um, so she asked me to pitch her. I pitched her, and I got the gig. And then mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit! I gotta, I gotta figure this out." Because all I've done is like hour-long presentations on biomechanics of the spine and rheology of ligaments and how things deform over a period of time by changing posture. And I was a scientist guy, and that's what I knew how to teach more kinesiology, biomechanics, chiropractic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was more... Shocked like, me you never became a personal trainer at all. I, I just, I never, it never, me too, it, but it, I've studied it. I've studied everything yeah. that personal... I, I mean, I you essentially a, were am, my personal trainer yes. from ages, am, you know, 13 to I mean, 17. I've gotten certified through NASM, Greg Cook, Gary Gray, so I've studied you everything. Have. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I've, I've studied everything that tra- high-level trainers, yeah. not your average trainer. So oh, like, yeah. as Steve was learning all this stuff, I was like, dude, show me what you're learning because I want to learn it. Totally. Just for myself. I just never did it as a, a monetary exchange with people, totally. but it's but it's my hobby. I'm like yeah. a nerd about you it. You still, so. dude, you still kick my ass. I can't really. Oh, I've got man strength. You don't have that yet. You're I, I know I don't. I was, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, my friend is my friend Patrick is a, you know, he just graduated college, and you know, we were benching the other day, and he's benching like close to two hundred, you know, same size as me, and I'm, and he's doing like ten reps, twelve reps, and I was sitting there doing, you know, I'd jump up one thirty five and. You know, I did ten reps the first set, and then four, and then three, and then That's, four. And there, then there, one. You'll you'll start seeing it. there's there's a growth shift, and, mm. and thankfully, our the males in our family, and it's yet to be determined. The females are younger. Uh, the younger generations, like we age slowly. It's a gift. Totally. You know, like I've, I, it took, I don't think I started shaving till high school. So that's when I back then it was a fucking nightmare being a prepubescent twerp <laughs> trying to make it in sports. Now I'm like, dude, I'm glad I look 10 years younger than I actually yeah. am. So, oh, yeah. so I'm blessed, and you're blessed as well with that. So um, TED, Talk. TED Talk, I I thankfully just got involved with all of these people. Funny enough, I ran into one of my TED uh, colleagues, one of the guys in the, spe- in, the, in the speaking circuit that spoke at the TED conference. Oh. I ran into him yesterday on the beach. No way. Yeah, while Blake was doing a surf lesson. So oh. it was funny. I recognized him. I was like, dude. Yeah. He so gave a speech there as well? He was one of the speakers. No way. Yeah, That's yeah. So, funny. Um, that was the first time you'd seen him. Uh, yeah, in, in yeah. five, six years. <laughs> yes. But I mean, we kept in touch through email and Facebook and stuff. But um, 
So I did a lot of training. I had a specific coach, uh, John Bates, um, which is someone I'll connect you with uh, or anybody. Oh, Executive speaking success. Phenomenal coach. I've actually, in my talks thereafter, I have enlisted him excuse me, to help train me in presenting. So I just worked with him last last uh, February, January. I went and we worked on because I'm doing I'm putting together a presentation for stem cells in my office and he helped me work. I'm with a that, so. huge fan of stem cells. Yeah, me too. It saved my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. So the preparation for that, I don't think it was meditation. It was really the the two two teachers that I learned the most from besides my actual coach John um, were Brene Brown. Uh, and um, Simon Sinek. And ah, he's not, the not, best. And not necessarily their material. It's their style. Brene Brown, yes, because I never even understood vulnerability. I only saw vulnerability as weakness, and now I see it as strength. Yeah. And she's mm. she's just phenomenal for being a better human. Totally. Um, so I learned so much from her in her presenting skills, and same with Simon Sinek. So th- those two, I watched their and learned and studied their speaking styles because yeah. they're TED Talks. Now, when you're going out and giving sales presentations, different, totally different. So yeah. giving a TED Talk is like getting an idea across and being likable. Doing a sales present presentation and selling from the stage, doesn't matter if you're likable or not. You're getting into people's psychology and emotions. It's different. It's different training. Right. They both require you to be authentic and have integrity in what you're saying. However, one, they're, 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 they're different. So we'll focus on the TED Talk. So the TED Talk, you know, the training was just me coming up with the presentation, tweaking it. I mean, I, I, I worked on it for months. And I, uh, and I video, uh, we, whatever it was, we conferenced back and forth through video to train. And I would do it with my eyes closed. I would record myself and listen to it in the car. I rec- videotape myself doing it because I worked on it. Listen to it in the car, yeah. Uh, I listened That's to myself. Huge. Yeah, That's so huge. I gave the talk, listened to it back and forth over and over again. I, I practiced my where I was on stage, what I was going to do with my hands, how I was going to get this whole presentation to sync so that it fell into people's hearts and minds, not just lecturing. And it's funny because I noticed a difference between myself like I have a five head. Our family has five heads, not four heads. Yeah, I have. We got, I have, we, we got I have big. A five we head. got big foreheads. Yeah. So, but <laughs> do you see? You can't see this on on the on the podcast. But yeah. you see how it's wrinkled. When my forehead wrinkles, I'm lecturing and I'm pointing. Oh. But when I'm relaxed and I'm having a conversation with people, my face relaxes. Oh. So I learned those things about myself on how I am as a speaker and as a presenter. So the day of the experience was incredible because mm. I was the opener. Like it was my no job. way. Yeah, yeah. I was the one who opened the talk, and it was all about movement. They wanted me to do that because at the end, <laughs> you know, I talked about my whole thing, and then at the end, I actually got the crowd up and moving. I, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and that was mm. that was a big part of it. And but before the people that I was with, this like amazing woman, um, she was a psychologist, and now uh, she's got a whole following online with about relationships, and I've I've studied with her and. The things that we did that I got exposed to and the training that I went through uh, changed my life mm-hmm. forever for the much better. Uh, I have a great relationship with Elizabeth now. She actually wrote a book on vulnerability and I wrote a chapter in there. Oh, you did? Yeah. I yeah. don't know if she ever put the book out, but I did. And that was a project in itself, like writing about like me being extremely vulnerable in writing was a big step for me. I mean, you're good at it now. But you, <laughs> and you've worked at it. You work at it on a regular basis. <laughs> but it's... But it was my it was my growth mindset university to like that's part of my training was to open up through 
writing and being vulnerable. It was more about like my divorce and uh, uh, relationships. Yeah. So I got really open about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was a good, powerful exercise too. Um, so as far as like getting a Ted talk and doing a Ted talk, so you knew someone, for, yeah. You, you have to. And luckily now yeah. I know I mean, you someone. Could, yeah, you, I mean, you, she, I don't know if she runs them yeah, anymore, but true. still it's like you're already on the path so you just have to work on presenting and getting on video and and, and not just speaking on podcasts because there's no... It's there's, not, it's no It's a one-to-one -one interaction yeah. that we're having here. This is a human conversation, this but is when easy. you're influencing hundreds of people at once, it's very, very different and it's it's just more nerve-wracking, but it's... You know, it is it is similar, um, but the live presentation. I even screwed up. Like I practiced so much that I missed like one whole section, because it's like the coolest. During part. the talk, you missed mm -hmm. a section. I did. Wow. Yeah. So what what was the un what was the unreleased section? We get the exclusive right here. What, what do you I remember? Honestly, what I don't remember what it was. <laughs> That's I forgot, interesting. I, for, I forgot what it was, but I did miss a section. But you I, were just like a machine, and that was there was like, like there was a bug in it. Well, I guess. you know, it was, it was. One of those experiences, um, the book that comes to mind is um, The Rise of Superman. The Rise of the Superman, I think. I forgot those guys' names, but they, they, they study flow states. Oh, yeah. I, uh, about I think that, The Rise yeah. of Superman is a phenomenal book, and I can't remember the name of the authors. Of them. They're phenomenal. They study it. They have a whole institute that studies guys that fly around in squirrel suits and just crazy shit like that. But that was a truly present experience where time slowed down my heart rate slowed down i remember my emotions i remember the experience where it was time didn't even exist it just stopped um, and i was like in a flow and i've gotten there through sports and i've gotten there through like whether it's surfing skiing playing lacrosse um just extreme sports never have i gotten there from an intellectual perspective so it was a whole new mm door that opened for me um, that I was able to experience that state of flow through my intellect right. and my spirit and yeah. so that's kind of what opened the door for what I'm into now mm. yeah I experienced that that intellectual flow state when I was writing this book it's just time was flying by I mean yeah. you know I worked 10 hours a day but it didn't really feel like it right just disappears yeah. huge and even it takes it takes a little bit to get into that flow state though. There's like a warm up period, you know. Yeah, the first sure. thirty minutes of writing would suck, you know. The first couple minutes of 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 all my podcasts, you know, I don't know if listeners can really tell, but like you know, when I'm with Chance or when I'm with you know someone like Steve, you know, it's just yeah, there takes time to warm up, and then you know you get into that flow state, and it's very it's very easy. Yeah, and it yeah. becomes it becomes uh, just effortless. Totally. You know, and that's why that's why uh, I'll tell the listeners that Jordan's like, oh, I gotta prepare for this, and then we went to lunch, and you came back, and we started talking about Ooh. the podcast at lunch. <laughs> like, all right, we don't need to prepare; we're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 kind of cool that you can just let life flow through you. Especially this podcast is like a great medium for you to just like be surprised. Totally. Like let it just happen. Versus mm. because you really can't control anything except yourself except your reactions yeah that's it I learn that lesson every day <laughs> as a father as a business owner yeah yeah so uh, pivoting again you you got married very early Steve our friend Steve Jordan um, who we already mentioned a couple of times uh, he's 43 I guess he got married at 
41. Um, so Has it been two years already? Yeah, it's, oh yeah, they just went on their honeymoon yeah. in Italy. Yeah. So now you're you're an advocate, and you know again, I'm asking this for myself. I asked Steve this a, a, a question very similar. Why should I? Why should I be getting married later in life? And I, you know, I wholeheartedly agree with it. I can't say for sure it's going to happen. You know, maybe I'll. You know, I, I mean, dude, you never know. Like, I'll, I could meet someone tomorrow. That's what everyone says. But, and and you know, I could just be swept away for good, for better, or for worse. Um, but why? Why should I get married later in life? I, I mean, I agree well, with it. Uh, let me let me put it this way. One, I'm not going to should you. Yeah. And I don't want to should anybody. Um, I'm going to only lend the wisdom and experience that I have had because it's put me on my path. Uh, and if that sheds light for you and the listeners, then, um, then I've done my job. Um, so I think there's a level or, or a place in life where you reach, and I think for men it's like mid-30s where you start to like open up and say, all right, like, life is more meaningful than just sleeping around and and doing those things and some people some people start with that early on and there's that whole conversation so we're going to talk about that plus marriage in itself um let's let's put it this way as a foundation i'm a huge fan of relationships i think relationships are awesome they teach you about yourself they teach you about somebody else they teach you how to work with another human and be in relation um i really feel that relationships are best when each person is whole and they do not need to complete not a half yeah oh my gosh it it will never work but it's hard to be complete and whole in your 20s especially as a male it's just not that's the reality young men listening out here I know you're strong and you're big and your ego's great and you think you have sex for 16 hours in a row (laughs) you you can't it's not reality Uh, so well, maybe you can. I, I just I don't know. Um, but but I wonder what's the longest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, but if it's all for your own enjoyment, then you miss the boat anyway. So uh. <laughs> so I think that there isn't a natural evolutionary process that we should go through. The current story for getting married in your mid late 20s it's already shifting in your generation and the I'm generation sorry. above you because people are waiting to get married there's so much they divorce yeah. there's so much divorce that they've seen you know i meet yeah. more and more young women who are like no i want to stay single or mm. men i want to stay single till um whatever because you want to figure i i this is the, the nutshell that i figured out looking backwards i feel like the 20s your 20s should be spent on figuring out who you are who you mm. are as a human what you stand for, what your morals are, what you will and will not stand for, the right. types of people you want to be surrounded by, and then be able to start getting a direction for m- more of yourself, your career, and your 30s, and then develop that. So it's like, I feel like you have to get into your early 30s to figure that shit out. Totally. And and what you said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let this pass by. You know, you may think you know in your early 20s, like who you are, who you want to, you know, what kind of people you want to surround yourself with, but. The needs, your needs change, and I'm finding yes. that at a very rapid rate. You know, I'm I've only been in my twenties for, for what ten months, or or you know if that. Yes. And uh, you know, I've I find you know I've gone through a couple of transformational shifts where the needs in my life have changed, and just you know just since I've turned twenty, and I'm only turning 
21, you know, this, uh, this September, um, you know, like when you're in your early twenties, I guess, you know, you, you want a Ferrari, but your, your needs, your needs change when you're, when you're 29. Yes. So continue. Uh, so, so as far as the, the concept of marriage is concerned and the legality behind it, some of it, I think is, it's just old school. You know, because I've actually, I have married uh, f- two friends of mine. Like, I, I ran the, I married them. Oh, oh, okay. <clears throat> last last summer, uh, my friends, Jimmy and Allie, and I took it very, very seriously. And it was not <laughs> religious at all. It was very spiritual. And it was an amazing, humbling experience for me to create an environment in, for these, for all the guests of the wedding, including how I needed to make sure that Jimmy and Allie were at peace and they were calm too. So it was a really cool experience. And so for that, if they were to get married, like I didn't, I didn't marry them. I'm using the term marriage, but I look at it as like a union or, or, um, you know, a memorialization of their union. As far as the concept of marriage and having to settle with someone and be monogamous, like now at this point, I'm 40, I'm almost 44. If I'm like at 50, I settle with someone for 30 years, that's pretty damn good. Oh, so yeah. Like, oh, wow. I, you know, because I didn't, in my 20s, I got married, you know, I got together with my, with Karen, my ex-wife, and at 21, and got married at 26. At tw- so, hold on. I met you. Me, me in a few months. Yeah. Me in two months, dude. You, will, you would have met your wife. Whoa. I can't, see, I can't of, imagine that. your children. I can't imagine yeah, that. Yeah, I would not imagine it. Don't even think of imagining because then it might happen. <laughs> no offense. I mean, look, I have the utmost respect. I love my ex-wife. That's She's a, cool. We're friends yeah. now. We went through hell and back again. And, you know, we're, we're co-parent our children together. And it's a whole different world. I never expected to be divorced. I thought it was going to follow the regular storyline. Mm. And thank God it didn't because I wouldn't have ever woken up. But as far as, like, like should you get married... You got to figure yourself out first. You got to be comfortable in your own skin or as close to being as comfortable as you can in your own skin. Love who you are. Have a, I think it's helpful to have a career direction so you can take care of yourself, both sides. You know, it's, um, Bruce Lipton wrote a book. Uh, Bruce Lipton wrote Biology of Belief, which is one of the most fantastic concepts of epigenetics. He's the grandfather of epigenetics, but he also wrote a book on love and relationships. And he equates, like, Solid relationships being like the, um, I think it's the halogen gases, like on the periodic table, the gases that sustain themselves. They don't need, like sodium and chloride don't exist. Like sodium doesn't exist without attaching to another element. So it has to be NaCl, right? But these other elements like xenon and and these other um, noble gases is what they're called. They stand outside the periodic table. Oh, yeah. They stand on their own. They're balanced in their electron circles and those concepts of... uh, what is that chemistry? I think that's what that class yeah, is. Yeah, so <laughs> I forgot that stuff a long time ago. But the, but the analogy really makes sense. Like, stand on your own, and you will attract someone that works for you. And especially like you, young guys, us young guys. I know you're like this male little lion on the prowl, hunting and aggressively chasing women and turning them off like you cannot oh, believe. Yeah. So, mm. but some 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 young women also they like the the big dumb good looking guy, you know, and everyone goes through that. But that guy eventually evolves too. Um, so I believe everyone has the ability to evolve and move past that. But I think the most important thing that I could offer, like speaking to your audience here, because I was I went through it and now I'm seeing it on the other end and, and I want to be able to offer some wisdom. 
that it's just like slow down. There's no rush. Slow just down. let life let life move through you. Like experience life as as a as a as a as a surprise. You know, and and one of the the choices you have every day is you can you can you can live your life from fear or you can live your life from courage. And I ask myself all the time still with everything that I'm doing in business, decisions with my children, decisions with personal things in my life, am I making this decision out of courage and creating or am I making this out of fear and defending myself? Mm-hmm. And everything else that surrounds that. So kind you have like, to look at all those things. Yeah, kind of like the mastery of love. Track yes. of love and the track of fear. Yeah. Yes. Track of courage. Yeah. Correct. And then also... When like, did you read that book? I don't know. I've read so many books I don't remember. Four years ago, five years ago. Oh, okay. Only. only so it's cool because right. just like I've fed you information, I've surrounded myself with like people that work for me or all my students as well. So I have a lot of people, that, <laughs> the books that I've fed you, you, uh, talk, to, you talk to my employees, that's you great. former employees, <laughs> they've all yeah. learned and studied with me in the same yeah. way. And studied benefited with my largely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to work towards wrapping up because we're going to get to the beach and we're going to go on that lovely sandbar that's been out there okay. for the past month. Right on. And that's going to be awesome. Yes, sir. Uh, so what are, what are a couple things that, that hold true for you in your life today at 43 years old? And how have they changed in the past 20 years when you were 23? Oh, God. Yeah. My age. Um, if I could... I'm gonna try and put it in a, in in as small of a nutshell as possible because totally. I know your generation needs just bullet points and they want to be executive vice presidents on day three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that shit doesn't happen overnight. Don't ask for the position. Take the garbage out. Clean the bathroom. Do everything without being told what to do, and you will rise faster yeah. than expecting. Trade in your expectations for appreciations. Absolutely. So understand yeah. that that when you're working for the generations above you, like me, I worked my ass off from ground zero to build what I have, and I didn't get it from somebody. I earned it. So that's just me being a dad to all you listeners <laughs> out there. I think I ask God every day to give me the strength to make my decisions from courage and live from my heart. I ask God for the strength to speak with authenticity and integrity. And I ask God to help me connect to my higher consciousness and my soul as much as I can and shed my ego. And I am not a religious person and I now can use the word God without having like a negative context to it. So in in a non-egoic perspective in a very simplified way like we are all god god is within us inside of us it is the energy that runs our lives you know mm-hmm. and one of the coolest things is that your spirit does not age your body ages so i pay attention to my body because it carries my soul so i am very disciplined with my movement and that has transformed and changed as i've gotten older i don't lift weights as heavy or do explosive olympic lifting i do more workouts in the pool Good. And kayak yeah. and do and just move but i still like adventure and doing things that scare me i like to ride my mountain bike cuz it scares the shit out of me when i'm when i'm moving fast i like to ski and go down the hill fast because it scares me and it's fun i like to surf and <laughs> i like to take the risk of knowing there are sharks in the ocean and being out there with them. 
nutrition. I've gotten more and more disciplined in my nutrition as I've gotten older because it just does not feel good when I no. processed sugars and refined carbs because no. they stimulate oh. and feed a lower consciousness. They, 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 they feed the limbic system where it's just about fear, flight, freeze, and fornication. So right. you know, we have the ability to the rise limbic above brain that. is what you're referencing. Your mammalian brain, or and the reptilians even mm -hmm. below that. So that and uh, that's. I mean, that's it, man. Cool. That's, Absolutely. That's, if that's that was, good. If that yeah. was good enough. That's yeah. good. What does life beautifully designed look like to you? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Life beautifully designed is um, living from courage. Surfing and kayaking every day. <laughs> yeah. As I'm here at the beach, uh, being around people that I love, partying, having fun, celebrating life every day, mm -hmm. feeling fulfilled that I'm doing better for the world uh, and for the people that are surrounded by me, and being a great father, being a great friend, being a great lover, like all of those things. Right on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show, man. All right, brother. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris. Tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful if you do that. We're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give. <laughs>